So, Holman, I'm rolling up to the Motor Trend Studios uh, where we record the podcast, and I'm listening to the stereo in our 2020 Denali from work. And as you know, that Denali has a Bose system. You mean Bose with no highs and no lows? It sounds like this. This it is, is horrible. This is what I I'm don't even like to. hearing this. It was awful. And I'm trying, and I crank it all the way up to brighten it a little bit. Nope. And I look, and the, and the EQs, and, and it's the worst EQ ever. Right. It's, it's just it's left, base, right, front, treble, base, middle, and treble. It's yeah. so basic. It's like from ni- 1981 called, and they want their EQ back. Can you fix our EQ? And not yet. I'm going to just, you're going to understand this in a minute. All right. Because right now I don't. So all I hear is bad audio. I quality. go treble all the way to the ceiling, and yeah. I get just a little bit of it. I get a little bit of this, just like so. It's, basically, it's brighter, but still <laughs> equally as uh, distorted just, and tinny. N- just not good. So and what you're saying is it does not sound as good as the Fender audio system in a Nissan Titan. Not even remotely close. This is awful. <laughs> This is what can I'm fi- saying. Can you fix yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let me just. I don't like hearing this. this. Here we go. I'm like hearing myself in my ears like this. And now my ear holes are angry. This is the comparison to a Fender audio system in a, a Titan or a Frontier, and it's just. Let's see how much more pleasant that is. That's a lot more pleasant. And I'm thinking, look, this truck is almost a hundred thousand dollars, right? And the stereo and is the stereo like I bought at Walmart. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. Yeah. What's up with Bose? Their headphones are are bass are mid bassy, their speakers are mid bassy. Who are they tuning for? Just the regular person who's not an audiophile, I guess. Now let's be honest. I'm not. I don't. You you're practically deaf anyway. Are you sure it wasn't just your ears? You hold on just a second. Uh huh. You've made fun of Bose systems too. Yes, I just did in this episode. No highs and no lows. <laughs> right. So then, why are you asking me? Why do why you think does it's it my still, hearing? It still sounds weird. No, it's because I no. This is straight are you up. Sure? Straight up the middle is perfect. Yes. There's a fuzziness I don't like. To uh, uh, is that just us? That's just us. Okay. We're just bad. <sighs> All right. Well, what can you say? I can say that uh, if you uh, buy a truck with a Bose system, gut it. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All right. And and go to the Nissan dealer and ask them to buy their Fender audio system as a transplant Why? for your GM product. No, just go and buy their truck instead. Oh, oh that's even you, better. You can buy a Frontier or Titan and spec it out with the uh, Fender audio system. Sorry to start the episode on that uh, strange note, but uh, it's the Truck Show podcast, the fastest growing truck enthusiast podcast on the internet. I just made that up, but I think it's true. In the world. Mm-hmm. You forgot to add in the world. In the world. The the most- In the universe. Downloaded Truck Enthusiast Podcast ever. Ever. General Interest Truck Enthusiast Podcast. <laughs> no, don't I, I don't like that. General Interest. That means we cover everything. No. Just there's, the, there's like the diesel guys, and there's like the, the C10 guys. Well, in, and the, the, in the title, we but say- But nobody does it all like we do. We say lifted lower and everything in between. That's, that is what we say. Yes. The Truck Show Podcast. The number one general interest truck podcast in the world. Not bad, but take out general interest. I just it really it, all right, it sounds. All right, okay, how about this? Yeah, all right, yeah, here, yeah, we go, here, we go. here we go. Here we go. The Truck Show Podcast, the universe's number one <laughs> wide-ranging topic truck podcast. No, no stop no. watering it down. Okay. It's the number one truck enthusiast podcast. The Truck Show Podcast. A long time ago, we hit over a million downloads. Stop <laughs> it! No, no, no. <laughs> It's just the number one truck enthusiast podcast. What do we have on uh, episode number 212 of the Truck Show podcast? Uh, I think uh, we're going to talk about my little trip as a, a youper. 
Lightning, I got to be a youper. Did you ha- did you do the accent? Were you surrounded by the accent? No, oh, I was lightning. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know? I was up there and uh, had some cheese curds. Uh-huh. What were you doing up there? I went over to Dana. I saw you playing around in some snow and some yeah. tracked vehicles. Went to uh, Smithers. So if you're out by Brimley near the... Uh, the Sioux Locks. What are you saying right now? I know. Brimley, yeah. Sioux Locks, the yeah. Smithers? Yeah, they, if you're up there, you'll know. Is I this all from The Simpsons? I, it's or so what? funny. I had all these people like DMing me on Instagram. They're like, dude, I live up there. <laughs> like, I'm gone already. Uh, yeah. you know? uh, no, so uh, Dana invited me out because they have some uh, EV stuff they're working on. And they said, hey, uh, we know that you guys are talking about EV stuff. And we wanted to give you a glimpse at some of the projects we're working on. We have an F550 that we converted to a full battery electric with our uh, two E axles. And then we also have a Jeep Wrangler JL with our prototype integrated E60 uh, axles front and rear. And we're playing with tuning and biasing and, and feel. And we would love if you wanted to join us at our proving grounds up here in uh, in the, the UP mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy some snow driving and check it out. So I said, yeah, that's, that sounds great. So the video that I snuck a peek on on your phone over there, that's you getting sideways. So you'll, you'll I've got a little audio for today, mm-hmm. but then know that there's a story coming on Four Wheeler uh, on MotorTrend.com slash Four Wheeler of uh, what I did out there. And then I was able to drift. A 10, 12,000 pound F550 fully electric chassis cab around a 300 foot circle and drifted sideways, which was awesome. Were you on snow or ice? Uh, so the inner circle is polished ice, which you just can't even drive on. We, we had uh, the Bronco we took up there belonged to uh, Seth Metzger, who was uh, one of the VPs for Dana, who's a friend of mine, who picked me up at the airport and drove me up there. He's like, hey, let's just take my Bronco so you get a baseline for what in a. Uh, Ice, internal combustion engine. I don't want to say ice because it was snowy. I don't want to confuse people. Right, yep, yep. And uh, he goes, take that out first, and then we'll swap you into the other stuff. And so, dude, it's it's hard to hang the entire way around a 300-foot circle. It's like balancing a marble on a pencil because it's this mix of you need enough speed, but not too much speed. You need enough steering angle, but not too much steering angle. And then you need enough throttle where you can kick the rear out, but then hold it. So if you have too much steering angle and you kick the throttle out, you rotate. If you don't have enough speed, you won't go sideways. And if you don't have enough steering angle, you'll just go straight. I mean, look, you're talking about drifting. Yeah. You're talking about... Uh, and I mean, I've, I've been around many corners in the desert sideways, but I don't have an opportunity to go snow driving very often. So mm-hmm. that was one of the, the things. And then they had this massive, massive groomed field that had to be 10 football fields long and three football fields wide. And they're like, all right, start, you know, doing emergency lane change maneuvers. Like you're just going around cones and they were changing the bias on it so that, we, we, you know, I, it, they could go full front wheel drive. Well, so there was a guy in the back seat with a laptop? Yes, in the passenger seat. And okay. then they're on the steering wheel, the F550, you do it on the steering wheel controls. In the uh, Wrangler, there's a guy in a laptop. But like he's changing it as you're driving. He says, okay, now try this. So uh, let me tell you how weird it is to be in an F550 chassis cab that's front wheel drive. Wait, what? Because they can bias 100% to the front axle or the rear axle. Oh. So he's changing. He's like, you want to try 70-30? You want to try 50-50? You want to try all rear-wheel drive? And then we did a bunch of simulations like pulling away from a stop and making a sharp turn, doing emergency maneuvers. And then I just did donuts for fun, and they were laughing. They're like, yeah, keep doing it. That's part of the the job. So it wasn't like, sir, stop taking this 12,000-pound truck and doing donuts. That's gratuitous. It was like. Hey, do you want to do, do, do more? You know, they <laughs> yeah. were awesome. What was the tracked vehicle that you were? It was a, it so that was a Gladiator okay. that uh, you may have seen. Those, those were called Hell Tracks. And I want to see if I can get the guy from Hell Tracks on the podcast 
because there's actually a pretty cool story of why he uh, made them. And so, anyway, they're they're big tracks. And so this was on Dana's uh, JT Gladiator. And Dana performance, they had ultimate 60 axles with these tracks on the end of it. And they can be swapped out for regular, you know, 40-inch tires or whatever. Zach, who uh, works for Dana, who built it up, he's like, hey, you want to drive it? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to drive it. So that was sort of like the bonus. At the end of the day, we were done with the electric uh, JL and the electric Super Duty. And we get in this thing, and they had like a little snowy course and let me drive it all the way around Well, it. I saw you go over some kind of like crevasse. Yeah. So right? The, the, yeah. And that looked kind of kind of cool. scary because yeah. it wasn't big enough to for the whole Gladiator to fall into. No. But you could have screwed it up. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, there's one point where Zach's like, well, go faster. So I like, Gay goes, no, 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 don't jump it. I'm like, he told me to go faster. Like, what do you want from me? Yeah. So I had a, I had a good time up there. Uh, and like I said, had uh, had copious amounts of uh, cheese curds. I was offered white fish, which, mm. I, uh, which is a staple. I uh, passed and had a burger instead. Did you get um, all bloated from the uh, the cheese curds? No. 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 I, I, cheese curds uh, don't affect me in that way. Lady. Okay. All right. Yeah. Perfectly fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to a uh, local bar while we were there, and the uh, it was it was- you know, you, you never know when you go to a small town like that, and the local bar is the only place in town open after like 11 p.m. I love those towns. You never know, like, if you're going to come in and all the eyes are going to stare at you. And instead, we had the super sassy bartender, and it was funny. And we all just, you know, good time hanging out with locals. And mm-hmm. a lot of the people up there and even the people in the bar had come out for uh, this dog sled race. That was going on the same time we were there. Not then, something you hear in Southern California. No. And I, I had to run, race out to that dog sled event. And, and then on top of that, they uh, there's a bunch of people in town because there's like five test tracks up there or something like that. So there's all these engineers from all these different companies. So a lot of these guys know each other and they're all out there drinking beers together, you know, not talking about, you know, what they do. But uh, Sounds like a fun time. Yeah, it was good. So it was good. So And then on the way home, uh, we were on the uh, very leading edge of that massive blizzard that hit uh, a week ago. And uh, I'd wake up, uh, got out at uh, 7 a.m., which is 4 a.m. my time, drive five hours south where we dodged all sorts of crashes, uh, including uh, two cars into a tanker truck in front of us. Uh, people sliding out all over and wide out conditions for a while and uh, made it to the airport and thought for sure my flight was going to be canceled because if my flight was canceled, I didn't make it back. I wouldn't be recording this now because it would have been two days I would have been uh, stuck there. Gotcha. And I was one of the last flights out. So I was like, yes. So I made it back and uh, here recording the uh, the Truck Show podcast. And then uh, more more fun last week, um, my fleet got a bunch of upgrades. So I just wanted to say- Your fleet, meaning your personal vehicle. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you again to uh, Brandon Naves at Weld underscore Fiend, who's one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. He finished the roll bar on the flat fender. Oh, got done. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Not only did- Beautifully it, TIG welded? Dude, it's amazing. It's, the, it's like all my friends are like, dude, you're going to powder coat that? And I'm like, well, yeah, I, you know. You could just clear it. Well, we talked about that too, but the TIG welds are amazing. The, they're the nicest welds on the whole thing. The factory welds aren't that good. And of course, the stick welds from the ranch aren't anywhere near <laughs> that. Uh, but what he did was he made it, because this is a, a military Jeep, so it has the toolboxes in the corner. He was able to both keep the functioning folding rear seat and the toolbox lids fully open. So he had to put the bars in the exact same spot. There's only one like configuration to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Tilted it back a little bit, made it a little bit taller than the windshield. It looks awesome. Excellent. So very, uh, very stoked on that. So again, shout out to uh, to Brandon uh, Naves out there because uh, he he killed it. And I again appreciate him taking the time to uh, to do that. And uh, hey, if there's anybody else who wants to help me get some other fab <laughs> projects on that thing, uh, I just t- it, taking it, offers at Sean P Holman uh, on the Instagram. You got all these stories, and I got I just was at work. 
I mean, I don't. I didn't go anywhere. I just worked. You just mean made commercials and you, just did stuff at work. And you didn't install high capacity coil springs on I, your no, uh, JL. No, I didn't. I did. No, no, but got about an inch of height, and it freaking rides great. And now it's not all saggy and soft. When I, I mean, a couple weeks ago, I put some coil springs on my kid's Scion, but that doesn't right, count. No, right. Uh, if we're talking truck stuff, oh, I got to show you. Yeah. I finished rewiring the back of the JL, too. Oh, I saw your photos. So I got to show you because I brought it tonight. I don't know what you were doing, but you went through quarter mile worth of, uh, you know, like 10-gauge wire. Dude, it was awesome. So uh, I finally got the rear tailgate table. So I used the uh, what American Adventure Lab calls the Versa table. And uh, they made a little cutout in the back where I have a battery monitor on it now. So instead of I just had a volt gauge before. And the volt gauge just said the voltage of my spare battery. Mm-hmm. This little battery monitor is LCD. It only pulls uh, 0.01 amps. And so there's almost no draw. It stays on all the time. But you set it for how many amp hours you are, and you charge it fully and set it up. And then it will basically like an iPhone or your you know phone thing, it shows you like a fuel gauge. Sure. How much percentage you have left. So now it shows you watts, voltage, in, out, amps being used, and then also how much time till the battery goes dead at the current usage. Mm-hmm. So I can just look in the back now and check it out and see exactly how many days left if I'm in the desert and my fridge is going and go, okay, I'm going to have to pull out the solar panel in the morning or turn the Jeep on to charge it because I'm going to run out of juice. So there's no more guessing. And then also the uh, VersaTable is cool because it has a like a uh, work light. It's kind of neat. It was, it's got a red background. I saw it. So it's like it laser. It matches the dash. Yeah, it's laser cut. Yes. Right? And then like a molly panel. And, and what's behind it? What's the what's the red color? Is that plexi? What is it? No, no, no. It's all aluminum. The whole thing's made out of aluminum. Oh, so, is it, so it's powder coated red? So it's there? the powder coat that matches the red dash on the JL. Gotcha. So when you look at it, it's the same. looks almost identical to the dashboard. Just you fancy. A bit of pop. Yeah. You fancy. So it's basically a molly panel, and then there's a little button. You pull it down. There's a bamboo cutting board. He has a magnet across the back, so you can put your utensils and take them up off the uh, the cutting surface and get them out of the way. To the right, there's a bottle opener with a catch and a hook for a trash bag, and then it has the work light. So it's one of those things that is like infinitely functional. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to take it out on the trail and use it. It's a Swiss Army knife on your tailgate. Yeah. It's it's definitely one of my favorites and probably one of the best uh, ones out there. I know there's a bunch of them, but if it's you crazy. Look- you know, it's, it's wild. You, you've you spent the last, like, two and a half years or so after you got the JL. Yep. Two and a half years? About that, right? Uh, geez, I don't know. I, yeah, I got it in... I think I no twenty. So I I, I picked it up uh, in June of twenty twenty. So my point though yeah. is that you've been you got it. It didn't have any overlanding stuff. It had the wheels, the tire suspension, all the AEV goodies, right? But it wasn't ready to overland. You've made it that way, and I'm going to get a truck here hopefully soon. Knock on wood. I hope to get Knock one. On fake wood. Exactly. Yep. And uh, I'm going to have to go through the same thing. But I'm not, I don't you know I'm not going to go overlanding crazy. But there are things. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. I do you, know you have been sending me pictures of bumpers. I have and wheels. I, I know that we know you're putting Toyos on it. Yeah, I'm going to put Toyos on it, and you guys will find out why soon. I don't want to go the overlanding thing. I like the desert uh-huh. racer look, but I do need to be able to camp in it. it. Is I've already prepped the family. The kids are excited to go camping. The whole thing. I don't really want to camp on the ground, but I'm not super stoked on a rooftop tent. So there's I have a lot of questions. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited and. Nervous to start this adventure. Shift pod. No, I'm not doing the shift pod. Why? Really? Yeah. It's 700 that, bucks. I know the owner. Well, okay, then let's talk. Because that is the best tent experience you'll ever have. They're awesome. I, I mean, I've got a Coleman tent. No, 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 no. No, dude. <laughs> okay. a, a, Coleman, a Coleman tent is like um, on your bed, you have an heirloom quilt that your great aunt Martha made for you that is four generations old or something like that. And it's super nice and cozy. 
or you have a Harbor Freight moving blanket. That's the difference in quality between a shift pod mm. and a Coleman tent. And the okay. shift pod has it's a cool zip out floor, so you can clean it easy. It folds up, you know, pretty compactly. It has uh, quilted uh, fabric that is sewn. It's uh, insulated, reflective. It is the quietest, darkest tent you'll ever sleep in. That's like, awesome. Like, when you wake up in the morning, you won't wake up because the light is out. You'll that's wake up because it's hot. Because I okay, okay, that's good. I, I do like that because I hate the the sun beaming through unless I want it to beam through. Yeah. It has portholes. You can yeah, open so, it. Well, up we're, we're gonna have to do because I have a, I have a list of questions that I want to run by you at some point to say like, should I do this or should I not do that? I'm thinking right. about this. Should I buy A? Just, should I'll, I buy B? Yeah. Well, no, I'm going to. You? Uh, you can ding or buzz. That's fine because right. right. that's what we do. But then I'm going to need some explanation behind it. Like, you should do this and here's why. And, All right. And don't I'm ready do for this. you. Yeah. Okay. So Give I'm me gonna, a sample question. One sample question. Um, A tent in the bed of the truck. I've seen some of those. Okay. Should I go that route? No. Because? I said so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not kind of. I want you to have more feedback than because I said so. Okay. I'll work on it. Exactly. I'll get. You know what? Why don't I do? I'll provide you this list in advance, so you can so you can thunk on it. Ah, I don't need anything in advance. That just sounds like homework. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, hey, we got to thank Nissan, our uh, presenting sponsor, who's been with us for uh, practically since the beginning. If you're in the market for a new half ton or half ton plus truck, you want to check out the Titan or Titan XD with a good stereo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the industry's best warranty, uh, five year, one hundred thousand miles. Of course, the new little uh, Nissan Frontier midsize pickup, best in class horsepower. Uh, awesome looking little truck and in redesigned fact, and looks gorgeous. Dude, I just saw the first lifted ones. Uh, well, leave it at that. Oh, this is the information that I've been hearing about. That is embargo. Sort of. So this is not Nismo stuff. Uh, no. Well, there's a there's a guy by the name of Scott Gould who I follow online, and he's a big Nissan guy. He's done like Titan conversions where you put like the V8 in a Frontier and do what they call a Titan swap. Uh, anyway, big Nissan fan, and he just bought his wife a Frontier, the green color you like, mm-hmm. and he just put, I think he put 33s on it in a lift, and it, it looked really good. So that's all over Instagram. Then there's some other stuff we'll talk about later. Embargo. All right, well, if you want to uh, see how awesome a Nissan Frontier looks lifted, then head on down to your local Nissan dealer where you can uh, spec one out and then bring it home and then put a lift kit on it. <laughs> That's a good call. I, I'm actually excited to see what people are doing to him because it's just the parts are just now just starting to hit. You're starting to see a little bit more of people going, "Hey, I got a Frontier. Here's what I'm doing." And I've seen a lot more manufacturers start to engage that platform, so it's pr- pretty excited to see. And uh, if you uh, want to build in price, head over to NissanUSA.com. Holman, when I say the words "cold air intake," what's the first picture that comes to your mind? Are you saying it as a marketing term? I'm just saying how you might see it online advertised. Oh, as advertised. Well, I just you're, you're you're cruising through Instagram yeah. and a and an ad pops up All and right. says, "Then I see a, cold air intake, an oversized tube mm-hmm. that has a big filter right next to the exhaust header." <laughs> okay, so that's that's what I uh, so, picture. So when that, I, here's my follow up. Yeah, is is drawing in hot air into that intake manifold? Is that a good idea or yes, bad idea? It's great because you are pulling all that hot air away from your headers, <laughs> and uh, you're sucking it clear of the engine compartment uh-huh. and putting it through the engine, where all that hot air will go through your tailpipe, and it actually works to help keep your engine cool. But but I have a an intercooler, so it doesn't really matter how much hot air I draw in, right, Holman? No, no, because it's going through the intercooler and staying hot. And then you, it's like a big vacuum cleaner, uh-huh. and it just sucks all the hot air. And again, 
recycles it through your engine and shoots it out your tailpipe to keep your engine compartment cool. It's like air conditioning for your engine compartment. I see. I see. Yeah. So this would be all wrong. Absolutely incorrect. Or is that wrong? I thought you it's, said wrong answers only. It's, it is absolutely okay. wrong. Okay. A, an actual, Don't do that. There are so many cold air intakes on the market. In, in, hold on. In quotations. In air qu- quotes. In air quotes that aren't. All right. If I can pop your hood. And I look in your engine bay, and I can see the air filter element. The you mean the one that's material? super dirty because it's hanging out in the open like that? That one. If I can see and touch the filter, and it's not in an enclosed housing, that is a hot air intake. Oh. Hot air intake. And you know what's bad? A hot air intake. So it doesn't suck the hot air from your engine. That's exactly right. No, you want a cold air intake. And how do you get cold air into your engine? You draw it from the coolest possible air source. And that might be- Your air conditioning duct. <laughs> no, but some people have asked. <laughs> okay. Yes. No, that is a perpetual motion oh, machine. Oh, got it. No. Uh, you, will, you would draw it from down below the wheel well, maybe the fender, or you maybe you've got a ram air duct in the nose of the vehicle where- Okay, that's great and all, lighting. Yeah. But what happens if I've got a vehicle that doesn't have any of that wizardry? You go to bankspower.com and you type in your year, make, and model to see if there is an actual cold air intake for your truck. So what makes Banks cold air intake so cool? Fully enclosed housings, so they keep out the power-robbing hot air. Keep that out. You don't want that. Okay. You don't want that the, uh, bad air density that comes from that heat. The largest filters in their class, which means you're going to keep it cleaner, longer, so more miles between cleaning. And also you maintain performance as it dirties because it's sized above the stock air cleaner. So when you have all those extra deep pleats on there, that's way more surface area for air to pass through and get into your engine. Every single bank's Ram air intake is California compliant. That means 50 state compliant. Find out if Banks has one for your truck at BanksPower.com. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that the Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. It's The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Yeah. That is us. Woo-woo. All right. So, Holman, what do we have coming up on this episode? We've got, um, we're, we're talking about your Dana stuff. Are we going to do that first? Yeah, we'll do that first. And we're also talking to an entrepreneur, which has developed something for the tailgate of your truck, and it's not what you think it is. It will uh, give you a hand on your tailgate, though. Wink, wink. Yep. Be here all night. Tip your waitress. <laughs> all right. So uh, before we get into our entrepreneur in the email, I wanted to play a little bit for my Dana trip. I'm not going to uh, make it too long, but I just thought this was pretty cool. And uh, there'll be more information down the line uh, when I write the story. And you guys can check out the videos and all that stuff. But uh, check this out. This is Holman. I'm here at the... Uh, Proving Grounds uh, with Dana, and who am I with, and what's your title? Uh, Tom Narwald, I am manager for advanced engineering, uh, doing electrification and vehicle testing. And uh, we are in a uh, giant F550 that you guys have electrified, and uh, we just got out of a Bronco to kind of set a baseline for an ICE vehicle, and now we're getting to play with some of your electric stuff. Uh, maybe talk about this vehicle a little bit? Okay, so the, the vehicle itself is a 2019 F550 that Dana had converted to uh, basically battery power. We pulled out the conventional drivetrain 
and replaced it with ES9000 axles. You kind of hear that thrumming, that boom, boom. Oh, I thought it was just you hitting the, the microphone. No, it's the, uh, I guess there's a, 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 I'm assuming a hydraulic pump because there's no more engine in there, and that's the brake system. So when you have your foot on the brake, it's adding pressure, and it's going uh. boom, boom. At least that's my assumption. I didn't ask, but when you put it in park, it doesn't do it anymore. So that was me sitting there with the my foot on the brake. So when you hear that, that's part of the uh, conversion system. Very interesting. And keep in mind, like these, uh, the axles on this one were our production. You can buy them now, but the vehicle itself was, is a you know proof of concept of how you would take uh, a traditional truck and be able to uh, turn it into a full battery with as much basic effort as you can. And it was striking like how much of the IP worked and things like that. And uh, anyway, well, who did all the electrification or did you uh, get it? Yeah, Dana did that. Oh, okay. Which is a 9,000 Newton meter or around uh, 6,000 foot pounds of torque. I should know the conversion in my head, but <laughs> it's 9,000 Newton meters uh, on each axle. So each end of the vehicle can apply 9,000 Newton meters and the batteries in the back he just said 6,000 pound-feet of torque. Okay. You good with that? Sure. Okay, yeah. We took the pickup. We added batteries to the back. We, we went extra large on the battery capacity because if we're testing a 550, we need to add weight to it anyway. So, the Yeah, so it's essentially a, a chassis cab, regular cab, but long wheelbase. So you guys have a service bed with batteries on it, and then you have like a where the extended cab might go if it were an extended cab body or super cab body. You've got like a, uh, a structure toolbox that houses a bunch of controls and things like that? Correct, yeah. So a, a lot of the power distribution and the, uh, I'll say the, the controls functionality is housed in the box. It just makes the build a little bit easier to have a box to put that in. Um, as you've seen on the, the Jeep that you may talk about later, packaging that into a smaller space increases the difficulty and doesn't necessarily improve the development value. So what's interesting is these are the uh, axles. You have these axles currently in production in uh, one form, but you've modified them for this particular project. If uh, those who are listening are thinking about it, it's your live axle and where the, you know, essentially your your pinion would enter the axle. There's actually a, a, uh, a, I guess, a drive head and then a motor attached to that. So you no longer have an engine under the hood, so you don't have to worry about, you know, up traveling. So uh, just to make that clear, because I don't know if I explained it right, but the motors are on the axles themselves. So the motor, you don't have to house the motor anywhere. It's solid axle. These are Dana's axles that have the motor integrated to the axle housing itself. So on a solid axle vehicle, you can replace a solid axle, bolt these up, and you have an electric motor there. I love, I love the fact that you did explain that because when you first started talking earlier in the show about, hey, I'm going out to visit with Dana, a solid axle and motors do not jive as we know electric vehicles today. Well, it, it, on conversions, they do because you can do a direct drive where you replace the engine mm -hmm. with an inline electric motor that has a prop shaft out the back that would go to a drive shaft. Mm -hmm. So you could do it that way. But in terms of what you're thinking, like production cars, your Teslas and your, and your Tesla, your, Rivian, and, uh, Hummer, yeah. all that, they, they all have you know independent suspension with motors mounted inboard and things like that. These, the motors are on the axle housing themselves, making it an easy conversion uh, for anybody who needs the durability of a solid axle. To a, a pan, so this big motor basically is attached directly to the axle, making it pretty easy to take any solid axle vehicle. And that's the thinking with Dana is a lot easier for you to integrate on an existing vehicle architecture because you can put the motor actually on the solid axle itself. Exactly. Yes. And 
you guys still do gear ratios and changes and then under the hood is you know the uh, the controller and and you know uh, radiator for thermal management and all the stuff that a battery pack needs but we're gonna go take this out on uh, the snowy test track and see how it does all right so we're driving out right now and uh, i can assure anybody who's listening that this still rides like a 550 so uh, you guys are worried about that i'm sure <laughs> there's all the batteries on the back and everything. warble in your voice <laughs> well I, 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 and yeah remember we're on a frozen road right like it's an icy frozen road and it's like <laughs> and you're like yep 550 yeah. <laughs> it's all trucks still so don't worry nothing uh, of the 550-ness was lost in the uh, translation for all of you were right here in my voice right now as we we're uh, driving over the groomed snow uh, trail <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we should add more battery to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, how much battery capacity do you guys have on the uh, on the? They just should have put the batteries in the bed to like weight it down. That's you know, they, they are. Oh, they are. Yeah, the whole tray bed on the back has like two rows of. Oh, I, of I just figured they were lowered down. No, they they put it on because it's a chassis cab. They yeah. decided to put them just out on the bed because it was easy to do, and it would add the weight they needed. And that's why he's joking. Like we should have added more because <laughs> it's still it still rides too much. Yeah, still rides like a five fifty. So this one, I believe it's 172 kilowatt hours and it can output 260 kilowatts. So it's right around uh, almost 400 horsepower that we can we can put down. And I know the big question for a lot of people who are listening, who are uh, are truck guys and, and you might know more than others is there's a certain percentage of loss when you're towing on an electric vehicle. And I think as you know, electric vehicles and electrification is introduced into the truck world, that's a big question for a lot of guys is, is I like the idea of the torque, I like the idea of you know, how the power is delivered, but I'm worried about range. What, is, what are you guys seeing? What, you know, is it, obviously it depends on the aerodynamics of the trailer and the, the load, but in general terms, is it uh, 40%, 50%, 60%? What would is a ballpark for somebody who's telling it maybe, <laughs> let's just call it the vehicle's max I just rate. can't get past the warble in your voice. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a rough road. It's icy. It's like ice road truckers without the suspension seat. Keep going. We haven't done specific testing on that. We would expect, I mean, I think you're correct that it's going to drop. Uh, wind resistance has a, has a huge factor in it. And one thing on electric vehicles, the, the speed that you're traveling at is another another big app. Uh, so there's a lot of variables just based yep. on the setup and what the driver's right. doing. And and that's where, you know, vehicles like this really perform well for like city delivery. The, the yep. lower speed type stuff is, is where they really shine. Obviously things are getting far better and there's major improvements taking place. Yeah, battery technology is... Uh is progressing and making huge strides and capacity isn't necessarily a, a problem on this vehicle because of you know how much room you have to store everything but it's definitely one of those things where uh, i think people are super curious to find out what's what's the answer what they what can they expect but there's not you know evs are interesting because there's in a lot of ways even in power output there's not exactly a one-to-one -one with your internal Correct. combustion engine so trying to wrap your head around it isn't as easy as one might think and, and, and that's one thing that, that we we see is the, the power rating on an electric vehicle, due to the fact that the electric motor makes peak torque at, at almost zero RPM, it really, it, it performs better by the seat of the pants feel than, than what the numbers would suggest typically. It's a very diesel-like in that way. Yes. Where you may have a high torque, low horsepower engine, but it drives just fine because you're able to tap into that torque all the time. That was uh, to the first event, and this is... Uh, 
out on the ice. So this should be 50-50 mode. Okay. Um, and that's torque distribution between yes. front and rear axles? Yep. So 50-50 mode is you're basically splitting your torque half and half front to rear. Uh, you can bias it. It's, it's not... It's not limiting your axle torque to 50%. It's just the, the percentage of the overall vehicle torque. And by the way, it sounds way worse than it was. Like, you're just you're in a chassis cab pickup truck, just, and you're everything's over rattling. Yeah, you're over frozen. I mean, it's a groomed, frozen snow field, right? And The lid so, of the center console is just chattering. Well, and and, and that's, where, uh, that's where the phone is, too, because I'm having to drive, right? So you're hearing a little bit of that. So oh, okay. it, it's, it's, it's a chassis cab. What, can <laughs> what? what are you going to do? <laughs> Being applied is 50% of the gen. So try a couple lane changing maneuvers. Yep. And I can feel the, the uh, stability control. It actually lets you get pretty far sideways, but it's, it, I guess the long wheelbase sort of helps. Yeah, actually on this vehicle, all that's disconnected. Okay. So, so this is, you so are completely, all, it's all on you. So awesome. you can, there, there is nothing to hold you back. By the way, that is exactly what you want to hear from an engineer when you're at Proving Grounds. <laughs> There's nothing to hold you back. That's the be- that is the those, that sentence is the thing you like car journalists pray for, right? So it's like, <gasps> did you hear? <laughs> That's a strong possibility. It's testing, so it's accessible, acceptable. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Yeah. We're able to kind of drift this thing, and I was just uh, telling you guys a story about when I had a chance to uh, drift a uh, Ram 3500. Uh, four by four dually up in uh, Michigan right snow ones. This here, reminds me of that, that long wheelbase. Pretty, I mean, it doesn't whip around on you. It's pretty slow, so lots of time to uh, be able to correct. <laughs> it's amazing how long you can stay yeah. sideways in it. Brought the, uh, brought the rear around there. It's amazing how smooth the throttle application is on it. And that's... And we can, you can really just hang yeah. the uh, the rear end out, but again, that you can feel both ends of the truck yes. really uh, doing their work on the traction side of it. A lot of alarms waving over there. All right, well, that was, uh, that was pretty awesome. Spent some more time out there, did front-wheel drive, did the mix of uh, 70-30, 60-40, the other way around, a bunch of different things. It doesn't translate to audio as well, but I wanted you to kind of hear the engineer talking through it. Uh, The last piece I'll play was uh, when I got to go drift it around the uh, 300-foot circle. An (laughs) F-550. An F-550. Do it. Bring it on. All right, so here we are with our uh, our next event, which is the 300-foot, although we're going to be a little bit further out, uh, circle which will allow us to basically uh, Connor our way around in a 550 if I could keep the angle right. When we did this on the, yep. the Bronco, I, right. I was finding a hard time balancing the marble on the tip of the pencil. I don't know if it'll be easier because of the long wheelbase on this thing. I have high confidence we're <laughs> gonna do this. <laughs> I just I, I just wanna do one lap sideways, that's it. Okay. All right, so uh, we're gonna start out in 50-50 and see... Uh, See what we can do here. All right, here we go. Sounds like a spacecraft. Yeah, it's so cool. 
They're already going sideways. Oh, a little longer than the Bronco. Uh, now you guys affectionately refer to this thing as the school bus sometimes maybe. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh it's it's so much fun to get it sideways but <laughs> All right, that's 50-50. I'm going to go a little bit more biased to the rear. I just like how he's amused for me. <laughs> like, he well, does that he, all day, and he doesn't get to share his job yeah, with anybody, Yeah, that's exactly right? right. You know he's done it, and yeah. he's like, he's going to share his yeah. fun. and he's like, you know, they even said there's a lot of people that come out here, and they fancy themselves good drivers, but then they can't do the stuff that we do all the time. And uh, and that's why it was so, like, he was smiling for me because I was, you know, having a good time. It was just, it was very cool. Now, how many times did you spin out where you just went at 360, accidentally? Um, in the F550, maybe once. Uh, in the uh, Bronco, a whole bunch of times. Just the shorter wheelbase and the turbos lighting up and sending you. But, uh, yeah, I had a, there, there were a few times. Let's see if I can uh, get this thing to drift a little bit more. Up a little bit too much on that one. All right, that was 60% rear. I'm, I I think 70% would be the limit because you yeah. just started getting yeah. into that torque, and it, it's it just sends you. So all right, we'll. Uh, this is 70% rear now. A little drift going. Uh, trying to stay out of the ice. So you guys don't know, but there's a the inside of the circle is a, is polished ice, and the outside is uh, like groomed icy snow. There we go. That was a pretty good one. Ah, so you like a sixth of a circle there, maybe. The key is steering angle and throttle, and trying not to have too much oversteer or too much steering angle where it's going to come around on you, but not have too little throttle where it's not pushing the rear out. There you go. Uh. Oh, that wasn't. That was okay. <laughs> So if you guys are wondering if I have the best job in the world right now, I absolutely do because my job is to who an F-550 sideways around a uh, snowy circle. Sounds like fun. Sounds uh, like another trip that I missed out on uh, some good adventure. There we go. Perfect. You made it through. There's a, a slick spot there that's kind of hard. You made it through that. That's right, Lightning. Perfect. <laughs> it really is. It's like trying to balance all your inputs. And it's, it's not as easy as you would think. Let's see, slick spots yep. coming up here. 
up right here. There we go. Yep, you did it. <laughs> Keep going. Go for two. Let's see if I can get a couple of. I mean, that was a good, yep. like, almost a full lap. All right, one last lap, and then yep. uh, we'll call this one good. I'm just happy it was able to make it happen. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, I, I don't even know how to describe to you guys how uh, <laughs> how incredibly stupidly <laughs> awesome this is, but it is. I feel like you don't have to take away my uh, my driver's card now, so I'm feeling good about that. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead, and uh, I guess we're uh, going to go get in the jail now? Uh, yep. All right, here we go. All right. Well, I, I won't bore you with uh, with all of the uh, the driving because you can't visualize it. But as soon as I nope. get the video back from them, I'll be posting it uh, on on my Instagram and on Truck Show Podcast of uh, of me hooning a F five fifty around single it. cab. By the way, a single cab, long wheelbase. I don't know what wheelbase it was, but it was one of the big ones. It was all the wheelbase. It was a big boy. Mm-hmm. It was a big boy. And uh, I I want to thank the uh, the folks over at Dana on the electrification arm who. Uh, and you know, what kind of, what kind of feedback did you provide them that they couldn't have gotten internally? I, I don't know if it was me providing them feedback. I think they just wanted me uh, to be exposed to what they're working on. I think they wanted to say, "Hey, we've got some technology we're working on. We're it, this isn't perfected because we're doing a couple, there's a couple conversion vehicles that we're using as proof of concept to show what could happen in a potential conversion, especially with the the Jeep JL and the um, the prototype uh, E60 axles." It was one of those things where I think they just wanted me to get a taste of what's to come. And so I really appreciate Seth Metzger and, and the Dana crew uh, because they couldn't have had, you know, uh, more hospitality for me. Great, friendly people and just an amazing experience to go out there and, and, and beat on vehicles in the snow. How do the motors connect to these axles? Because these are not existing axles. The, the tubes well, one, are obviously one is an right? ex- the, the ones in the Super Duty were existing axles that so you can buy, that they sell, on on that it's available today. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. The motor drive assembly sits on top of the, the axle tube? No. The motor drive assembly is, sits behind the axle where the drive shaft would be. Oh, okay. So there's Got a it. motor head that the motor is I understand. No. I was thinking they were going... They were outboard of the pumpkin. No, no, no. And they're, that's not they're, the case. They're, part, they're bolted to the pumpkin. I gotcha. So essentially, those axles are available today. The ones under the JL are an integrated, what they call an E60. So it's supposed to have a similar torque rating and size and strength as a ultimate Dana 60. Um, and that's in, called integrated because the inverter, the two-speed gearbox, the motor, all of that is on the axle itself. Whereas on the Super Duty, the inverter and all that stuff was elsewhere on the vehicle. Now, what's interesting is when you have – you do have some unsprung weight on the Super Duty. You could feel it a little bit. On the JL, it wasn't as big of a deal because it was um, not too far off from an Ultimate 60 of what you might feel on a 60 conversion anyway. Without having the engine in the engine compartment, there's no oil pan. So you now you have room for that big axle assembly with the motor to go up. The limiting factor, you might think, well, if I had – you know, infinite length arms, couldn't I get like vertical articulation sure. or something? The uh, limiting factor on the uh, E-axle is the cables that uh, bring power from the, the body down to the motors. Because there's so much current that they need them to be massive? They're ma- a, they're massive. They actually had, I think they said they bought a company or they designed their own cables with a company um, because they have to be, you know, everything on a solid axle is is you're running them into things, you've got dirt, you've got ice, you've got salt, you've got all that stuff. Sure. So there's that, but 
they it's not like a coiled pigtail or anything yet. It's it's cable. So you want need to make sure those cables don't get pinched. You need to make sure that those cables have enough droop, but you can't have too much droop because then there's no place for the cables to rewind as they come back in there. So the limiting factor is now the cables, not the drive shaft. So it's kind of interesting. And how you, all that works. you don't want those things getting snagged. I mean, that is yeah, a I mean, that's, that's a fire waiting to happen or electrocution. Well, yeah, you don't definitely do not want to uh, snag the uh, the electrical cables. Right. Um, but yeah, so it, it's there's listen the e technology. I've told you guys a hundred times, and I'll keep saying it. I'm not an EV homer, but I want to bring you the latest technology because there is some redeeming value out there. And every time I have an opportunity to interact with a company like Dana or somebody who's pushing forward and test their technology and feel I want to bring it to you guys so you can approach it with an open mind. Because I think there's absolutely places where electric motors rock. And I think there's some other places where it's not the right technology for now. For example, off-road, it's amazing. You don't have to have a transfer case. You don't have to have drive shafts. You don't have, you know, depending on how the configuration of the motor is, if it's on the axle versus being in the vehicle. But it's not going to be the right thing for the guy towing his, you know, rodeo horses a thousand miles from, you know, Texas and Oklahoma to Missouri or something like that, right? right? All these opportunities I'm getting that I can bring this to you guys so you can understand it and be well informed. I think that's what makes the Truck Show podcast special is you're probably not going to get a whole lot of other podcasts where uh, the host is uh, driving a F550 sideways. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. <laughs> no, you ain't. Okay. <laughs> what do you say we electrify ourselves right into some email? As long as it wakes you up. <laughs> you email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody. I'm done. You ready? Let's no. Email. Finish it. I just There's don't have patience dancing. for it. Well, really? that, Yeah, but our listeners do. <sighs> they don't have patience for you. You email? Yeah. All right, who, uh, who wants to start? Uh, go ahead. All right. It's uh, right here. Epic fail, Trucker Jones. Uh-oh. The Toyo Tire Master was about to tell us his top secret tire pressure formula, and you guys cut him off and distracted him with a bunch of goofy questions and never came back to it. I've been waiting for it since it was teased in a short interview a long time ago. By the way, by the way, we still like Lightning's Drop, even if he plays it a thousand times. Still love you guys. Keep those parameters mounted. Thank you, Trucker. All right, Lightning, what do you have to say for yourself? Because I interrupted him? Uh, most likely. I think you did. <laughs> if, it, if it was me, then I'm going to say, We are deeply sorry. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> That's all you get? That's it. That's my apology. Uh, if, if if it was me. If it was you. Yeah. Probably wasn't. <laughs> Want to bet money on that? No. All right. Uh, I got one here. Uh, Mopar Punk with Power Wagon from Howard Nicklin Fourth. Mopar Punk with Power Wagon? Yes, sir. He says, uh, What's up, Truck Show Podcast? What's up? I wish I could say that I've been listening since day one, but I just recently found the show. I've been listening to podcasts. We love you. For many years on my long commute, I'm an aircraft mechanic, prior Air Force, and now civil servant, currently working on F-18s in uh, San Diego. Holman would love it. That is 100% true. We would both love it. I really love his stories about witnessing flybys in the desert, something I have yet to see. SoCal local, but traveled almost all the way around the world and wouldn't live anywhere else. I currently own a 2021 Tradesman Power Wagon. 
Again, when a Holman's favorites, that's true. It's basically the uh, base model uh, power wagon. So get the uh, the vinyl floors and the cloth seats, and you get all the goodness of the power wagon. Ah, oh, it's so good. He says, uh, I'm so in love with this truck. So more Ram content. I enjoy taking my family out to the desert and towing my old-school four-seater VW dune buggy and making memories. Once again, thank you for all the great free content and five-star review has been left. Also, a SoCal Trail meetup would be super awesome. But with my luck, what's already happened and I missed it. Matter of those parameters and yeah, buddy. Master Parameters! Yeah, buddy! Says, uh, thanks a million, and that's from uh, Howard Nicklin IV. So good news for you, Howard Nicklin IV. Uh, was it Nicklin? Yeah. Howard Nicklin IV? Okay. Uh, Howie, baby, uh, we we putting together an event. Yeah, we're, well, no, we're piggybacking on an event. We'll announce no, no, it No, 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 it's ours. It's ours. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Rory's uh, just, uh, he's piggybacking ours. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll have right. uh, more stuff uh, Until, April. Unless, unless Rory's April. here listening to this, and then it's your event. Right, exactly. Right, Rory. Engine Swaps uh, is a subject line from Nathan. Dear Lightning and Lightning's Lackey. In all seriousness, guys, I'm a new listener, but I love the show. I was listening to the latest episode of the podcast, and it got me to thinking about engine swaps. I was just wondering, what was the coolest engine swaps you guys have done? Well, for me, none. Um, I've done a, uh, I've got a 1988 you Dodge Ram Charger. You finished my F100, you could say you did one. It's true, but I don't own it. You own it. Oh, that's not true. What am I saying? I haven't done an engine swap. I did a freaking supercharged Duramax and a 66 Chevy C20. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I have done one. Wow, I didn't even think about it. Uh, Yeah, so anyway, he says, I have a 1988 Dodge Ram Charger with a 12-valve coming swapped into it. Since listening to you guys, you have changed my life. Whoa. That's on that heavy. note, I want to leave you guys on a positive note. How Wait, is that not a positive that's, note? I would just that's stop there. Awesome stop while you're ahead. That's the best possible note. I'd rather be Cummins than stroking. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah. And we, the we, uh, we, we, I think that we do like Cummins engines, yes. Uh, cheers, guys. Love the show. Uh, that's from Nathan. Oh, P.S. I'm the annoying Cummins guy with the straight pipe that you guys were talking about. We love you. Batter up. Rip up his email like no, that? No, I just crumpled it up. That's out, 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 out of love. All right, uh, I got one here from Chase Muse, and uh, Chase tells us, Holman and Lightning. I own a one-man repair shop in southern Illinois. One thing that most customers don't realize is that your shop liability insurance will not cover your repairs if the shop doesn't supply the parts. I have a no-supplied parts policy for that reason. Love the show. Five stars. Thanks, Chase. And that was obviously talking about our topic from the last episode about uh, etiquette when bringing your own parts to a shop. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. Uh, MASH is the subject line from Jeff Stevens. Okay, I cannot imagine what this is about. Colonel Potter. Oh, from he's talking actual MASH, like the show from the 70s. Was it the 70s? Yes, and early 80s. Uh, I never watched it. Colonel Potter Great said... Show. That's what she said many years before Michael in the office. Sounds like you have a uh, homework assignment. What? Wait a minute. That's what she said. That's Colonel Potter. You found it? Holy s***. That's awesome. Wait, do you know the context of it? Nope. Was it a joke? Uh, That's amazing. I don't know. That's what she said. I have no idea what the context is. That's what she said. Hmm. Oh, all right. Well, you have some homework to do. That's what she said. <laughs> all right. Got one from Dakota Black. Disastrous That's Ford. That's what she said. Okay. Easy lightning. <laughs> Go ahead. Easy lightning. Uh-huh. 
Hey, Lightning Holman, figured you guys would get a laugh out of these two trucks I'm working on. The first is a 2009 F350 with a 6.4 that came in with oil in the exhaust. Replaced both turbos and cleaned up the exhaust as best I could. Took it for a drive to burn the rust out, but the DPF was too full of oil and attempted a regen, which then developed into a fire. Mm. Thankfully, I got the flames out on the tailpipe, and we swapped in a new DPF and oxidation catalyst, and it was all safe and ready to go. Oh, that sounds... That sounds horrible. He says, says the uh, second was a 674 that came in leaking coolant and sounding, quote unquote, bad. <laughs> Popped the hood to check it out and found carnage from what looked like a possum getting sucked into the <laughs> fran shroud, demolishing the fan and leaving carnage. And he sent us pictures. Uh, <laughs> that was a big explosion. That wouldn't be what it sounded he like. He says, no, that was a very big explosion. He says, mm-hmm. I'll be, well, he must Oh, no, this is what he's, when he first looked in, he, he said. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't, he crashed. I, I hit the wrong I button here. Hold on just... a Let me do that again. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. what he did. That's it. Uh-huh. Uh, he says, I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be waiting for the next episode once lightning gets over the Rona. I think he's over the Rona uh, now. No. I mean, I hope he is because we're sharing so. this tiny space once again. <sighs> Are we going to be held accountable for all the crazy things we say? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Never once. Mm. I know that sometimes I act all crazy when I'm bummed out. So just let me know if I'm freaking out too hard and I'll yeah, stop. Just, just let me know, please. All right. Ram HD Embargo says Trevor. Embargo. Holman, if you know anything about Ram in the next year or two, coming out with an 8 or 10-speed trans behind the standard output 6.7, blink twice, or just don't say anything, or play the embargo clip. I'll take any of these signs as confirmation. Thank you, Trevor. Um, you know, I think it's safe to assume that that's probably coming. There's been talk about it. I know there's been prototypes that have had the... I believe it was the ZF transmission behind the Cummins, but I actually don't know for sure. You do know our buddy Clint up there at ATS Diesel is about to launch his Allison conversion program. Mm -hmm. Are you aware of that? I'm not, but that sounds like it would be a pretty cool upgrade. Uh, It is. He is. Honestly, I've done a bunch of testing back to back with each of those. Yep. And the one place the Cummins gets let down is because it doesn't have the multi. It's not that it's not a good trans. And if you own that truck, you would never complain about it because it's so awesome. But that being said, when you drive it back-to-back with the Duramax and the Ford, which have 10-speed transmissions, you could definitely see a hole in the power band because both the Ford and the Duramax rev higher, which means that the Cummins maxes out sooner. Well, with it maxing out sooner, that's a couple things. Number one, it can't downshift to grab that next gear, and also it doesn't have as much flexibility in the gear range. So you'll get between, I want to say maybe it's three, four, uh, maybe it's four five. I think it's three four. Towing a trailer up a grade, and you sort of max out on speed, and you can't grab that next gear because you're just sort of maxed out pulling a full load. Whereas in the Duramax and the Ford, because of the extra RPMs and the extra transmission cogs, there's more flexibility for it to go that two three miles an hour faster, whatever the case may be. It doesn't come down to power at that point. It comes down, you know, purely to the flexibility of the drive line through transmission. And you will feel the difference. But again, that couple mile an hour difference can mean a huge thing when you're towing your travel trailer up by 70 or something like that. I've been driving our 2020 Ram with the uh, the 6.7, and it's got it's the high output. It's got the Eisen transmission, and it's got it really derates during the shifts. 
It really do. It's and you get in the Duramax, the Denali that I drove this evening. There's no D rate. I'm sure that there is a little bit, but it's just it's just gear, 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 gear. Just the the Cummins experience leaves a lot to be desired in that damn transmission. So when Clint is ready with his trans, we're going to have him on the show. I can absolutely well, guarantee you. Well, but the Eisen's a six-speed and the Allison's a six-speed. Or is he doing a 10-speed Allison conversion? He's doing the six to start. No one has the – no one can control the 10-speed yet. Only GM. No one's cracked it yet, to my knowledge. And there are a couple of companies that are trying, but so far no success. So uh, it is the six-speed, but it that 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 transmission is just it's just better in my opinion. It's just it's just stout. Uh, the well the the Eisen's an incredibly stout transmission, but it it doesn't have the same shift quality and um, it's I don't think it's as smooth, but it's definitely a, a bad mamba jamba. So speaking about those engines and transmission tuning and all that stuff, I know that the uh, the power wars have been going on, and I I saw a post come across my feed. Where one of the tuning companies had dynoed all three trucks, albeit it was a 2020 uh, L5P, a 21 uh, Cummins high output, and a 22 Power Stroke. Um, but I, I was pretty amazed how much higher the Ford was. I know there's a lot oh, of. Oh, this is the one where they, they were saying, is Ford lying about their numbers? Is, I, that, is I, this I the guess, article I guess you're talking so, about? Yeah. And okay. I, I was one of those things where, like, you can play with the numbers. So. Mm-hmm. Are the numbers messed with with on the Fords? The Ford that much? Anyway, so say, wait, you're saying that when they dynoed these trucks, dynoed more horsepower than Ford was claiming? Yeah, essentially, but it, I, which isn't a big deal because there's a lot of vehicles that are underrated from the factory and they'll dyno higher. But the amount this dynoed higher is like crazy numbers. Hmm. So they're saying. And, and listen, there's a lot of ways you can tease the dyno, load the dyno, whatever. There's you can also SAE correction corrections, fact, yeah. which correction I think this, this one says it was SAE uh, corrected uh, mm. for uh, wheel power. But that being said, if all things are equal, the Duramax, uh, which is rated from the factory at 445, 910, right. came out at 390, 890. So that's that's pretty close. A three ninety eight, little 90. lower on horsepower because we all know the Duramax likes to rev, and we all we all know that it's a really good horsepower performing diesel. We've dynoed dozens of them, mm-hmm. literally dozens of them. And what what are and it's four hundred four, almost dead nuts every four hundred four is what you normally yes. get. Yeah, yes. so I would say that that's low. What do you get on torque when you dyno them? Um, it's right around nine to nine twenty. I mean, okay, it's and they're, literally, they're at eight ninety, so that's that's. In the ballpark, so they're a little low on that. On they're that. they're okay. low on horsepower, right? Twenty twenty one Ram Cummins, which is uh, rated at four twenty ten seventy five. I'm sorry to This is the HO, the high this output. Is the HO, okay. Four twenty ten seventy five. Okay. And they got three ninety three. So again, a little bit low on yeah. horsepower, and nine eighty two, which I would think would be a little bit low on torque because I've seen the Cummins. That's considerably low. I've seen the Cummins dyno from way over a thousand. Right. Like. A thousand twenty-five with correction and all that, mm-hmm. so pretty close. Thousand fifty. Nine eighty-two is low. That sounds low. So okay. okay, so you're a little bit low on horsepower, a little bit low on torque on both the GM and the Ram. Okay, so you're going to say that their dyno dyno is a little bit on the low side, but then the Ford number comes out and Ford claims four seventy-five ten fifty. Yep. They got four fifty eleven fifteen. 
Four fifty and eleven fifteen. Now wait a minute. That doesn't sound realistic. Hold on a second. Ford claimed four seventy five. Four seventy five, ten fifty from Ford. And they got four fifty. And they're saying they got four fifty eleven fifteen. Eleven fifteen. So they're a hair under on horsepower, which ma- matches up, but way over on torque. So I don't know, did they spike the dyno? Is there anything like so I don't know. It's just it's it's interesting to see that, but I always I'm always suspect of dyno numbers when there's when there's this that much sounds, of a spread. I, look, I know who dynoed. I don't know the dyno operator, but I know the company that dynoed this, and they have. I, I'm I'm not stoked on how they come up with their numbers. So, uh, but if if all things are equal, yep. And they botched them all equally. Yeah. Then then these numbers are strange. But the fact that they got 450 horsepower and that. That's reasonable, but the torque was off. Yeah. To me, that sounds like a dyno operator issue operator or something. error. And we yes. weren't there. We don't know. Uh, but it's just something that came through my feed, and that, that email reminded me about it. So, Huh. Interesting. I want to do a little more. I, I got to convince Gail to do a shootout here. We're, we're in the midst of launching a Monster Ram yeah. for the Ram trucks, which is uh, we can barely keep them in stock. But um, I've got to shoot a video for that. Well, you and, should, you and should do your own dyno shootout because I know your dyno is actually accurate because – uh, Gail has multiple uh, programs where he tested his dyno against the OE dynos in Detroit and were dead nuts accurate with yeah, them. Yeah, I believe Cummins approved our dyno calibration. Yeah, something like that. He, he said yeah. that story before. So I know your dyno is accurate. So I'd be curious to see what your numbers are. But anyway, just uh, you know, interesting side note. Holman, how do you feel about talking to another entrepreneur with a cool invention? You know what? I uh, saw these guys at uh, at. SEMA at Launchpad this past year. You know, we talked to our friends over at Auto Biotags about uh, they were also a Launchpad uh, yep. company. And I saw this called the uh, the Tail Hand, which is a uh, sort of like a addition to your tailgate that helps you do a bunch of stuff. Hmm. But rather than me trying to explain it poorly, <laughs> <laughs> why don't we give Susie a call? I, I sure as hell ain't going to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give uh, let's give them a call. All right. Let's dial up Susie. Hello. Is this Susie Russ, Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast? Hey, guys. Yeah, this is Susie Ruse. Oh, Ruse. Ruse. Uh, we we it, debated. We were it. like, it's an S, it's not a Z. <laughs> but we, with the H, the UH, I thought, is Ruse? And yeah. Holman looks at me like I'm a doof off yeah, air. He's pretty much, there's no way it's Ruse. <laughs> <laughs> we, now, now we have, uh, after four years of this podcast, we have botched 100% of our guest names. So <laughs> I, don't, I have a feeling it's not the first time. She works for a company. It's called uh, Ty Il Hand. No, 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 Tail Hand. No, Tail Hand. Tail Sorry. Hand. You uh, are, yeah. you're the doofus. I'm putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong yes. syllables. All right. Uh, Susie, one <laughs> quick second. We have an, uh, a, uh, a jingle to play for you. Don't move. What Sounds good. What does it take to be an entrepreneur? What does it take to be an entrepreneur? Quit your job and get a loan. And don't let anyone tell you you can. Go into debt and don't look back. Don't worry, there will always be another crappy job. This is what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Now, I don't know if you could hear the lyrics there, but that was all about uh, quitting your crappy job and becoming an entrepreneur and risking it all. But knowing there's I still was... a crappy job available in case your <laughs> awesome plan bot is totally botched. <laughs> that is a brilliant jingle, you guys. Uh, don't say that. That was Lightning's jingle. We don't want him to know anybody appreciates anything that he does. I well, mean, I'm that right was here. a terrible jingle, you Thank guys. Thank you, Susie. How dare you? <laughs> Thank you. Don't, don't t- turn her against me. You know what's the start of the interview. You know what's not terrible is uh, Tailhand. So if you go to uh, tailhand.com. So you guys were awarded the 2021 Best New Truck Product of the Year by the uh, SEMA Tora Truck and Off-Road Alliance, 
which uh, we were. We do a bunch of stuff with them, and you were in Launchpad, and so I had a bunch of friends in Launchpad this year. We've had several of them on the podcast, and nice. uh, you guys. I mean, I, I guess we want to start out with it's an accessory you can add to your midsize or full size truck tailgate that turns it into an uber functional workbench, but it's not. It's not what you might envision. There's there's so much more to it, and I'm going to not explain it poorly. I'm going to let you explain it a lot better than me. Yeah. Well, actually, you did great. I think we might have to think about adding, like, Uber into our materials somewhere. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yep, exactly. You actually got it spot on. So it's, it's basically a product that transforms your tailgate into a customizable mobile workbench that lets people just work more safely, more efficiently, and like with precision from anywhere. So let's think so. about how a tailgate is, right? You go to your local dealership, you you buy your brand new truck. Tailgates, for the most part, are are all basically uh, constructed the same. There's an outer skin, an inner skin, and then on top of the the inner skin, there's usually a, a either a bed liner or a uh, a spray on you know the panel to keep it from getting scuffed. And you know some manufacturers like Ford have their step and their handle that are in the tailgate and. There's been a few people who have, have tried to innovate the tailgate, but nothing quite like what I've seen here. And what you guys have is it's a, a raised platform that sits on your tailgate and has a bunch of little holes in it with a specific shape that act as locking keys where you can add accessories like fences and things like that so that you can sand, you can cut, you can saw basically making, to your point, a precision workspace rather than letting your, you know, four by six slide all over the uh, the bed liners you're trying to cut it to uh, put your patio cover together. Well, this, when, when, I, when I look at this, Susie, I think because at work where I'm at, we have fabricators and the welders have these really expensive tables. Yeah, fab table. Yeah. Fab tables. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And this is a miniature fab table, but not only does it have all the the holes in it so you can put your fasteners and line things up and clamp things down, but it also has slots. Like you said, you can put fences. So if you're you can do precision cuts with your circular saw. Um, right there. Yeah, no, yeah, you guys are like totally describing exactly what, what we have available. So it has dog holes and T-tracks that are standard size. So people that have tools already that use those accessories, they can still use them on the tail hand. But those dog holes also allow for the accessories that we've developed that have a patented lock and key feature so that really if you're working off of the tail hand and you're really getting after stuff, the only thing that's going to move is the whole truck itself. So it really offers like stability and is as rugged as people need to be working with really like large equipment, power tools, large materials and unwieldy materials. And for those Ford owners out there who do have the tailgate step in the tailgate, it is compatible with the second generation that doesn't have the, uh, the handle on the tailgate, the one that's inside. So if you have a later model Ford truck that has that feature, you're still good to go with the tail hand, which is really cool. I mean, are, yeah, are you exactly. replacing it? Are you moving the the, the handle, no, or no, does no, it just no. get stuck? It stays no, the, the, hand, the, the later, the newer versions of that tailgate, everything's inside the tailgate. The step and the handle are inside rather than laying. Because you remember the early Fords had it where it was laying across the back. And I, I'm looking at one. They've got a, a video on there. You take your cardboard box and you'd slide it in and rip the whole bottom of it, and your brand new TV <laughs> from Best Buy would shatter on the floor. That's yeah. Right. Then they realized, yep. oh, that's a bad design, and they came up with their later tailgate design, and so the tail hand is compatible. There's some videos and photos on your website showing it installed, and actually some people working on that style. And I know there's a lot of Ford owners out there who went, ah, oh, but I have this thing in my tailgate. Well, I, I use it all the time. Can I still use it? And the answer is yes. Yep. 
Yeah, exactly. So we have a 2012 F-150 and it has the pullout step and it has that little bar that you can like pull open to kind of grab onto when you step up. We removed the bar, but it doesn't interfere with the step in any way whatsoever. So that's the great thing. The installation is super easy and super customizable because you actually are only installing a frame and it really allows you to kind of install around any hardware like electric, like electrical wires that might be installed in your tailgate. So it's nice because you can really avoid that kind of stuff so you're not interfering with it. And the, the other cool thing is some of the accessories where you've got these cool, they're like, I guess they're like an arm that ha- that uses the key and they're sort of these arced arms. They're uh, a smaller radius hole on one side and larger on the back side, but you can lock them down to say hold a, a, a two by four or to hold materials in the truck bed. I would assume you would be able to help uh, secure load with those as well if you have to move things around the job site or, or to the job yep. site. Exactly. And uh, the accessories that we have on the website right now are, gosh, they're just kind of scratching the surface. We have so many other stuff in the works. So even just getting started with those accessories, we're going to have so many more coming out that people can just keep extending the value of the tail hand. So is this a family business? I noticed, is it your husband that's also involved? And how did you guys come up with the idea? And and where did it start? What, What did you do before the tail hand? Yeah, it, so it is family. My husband and I um, came up with the idea, run the business, are kind of doing the work. And we really developed it based off of just a problem that we were having ourselves. So we own property up in northern Wisconsin, and we use our truck all over the property working on projects and kind of taking care of the trees and things like that. And my husband was up there one weekend by himself, and he was brilliantly, which he will say himself, cutting logs on the tailgate with a chainsaw (laughs) and everything slipped and chainsaw hit him right in the leg. And luckily, I know, I know it it was disaster just waiting to happen. But luckily, the chain got caught up in his jeans. So he was fine. But he came home like, I've got to find something I can install onto the the pickup truck so that I can keep working up there. Hey, babe, uh, good news and bad news. Uh, Good news is (laughs) I didn't cut my leg off. Uh, Bad news is I almost cut my leg off. And then I've got this idea now. I know. Exactly. That's exactly right. And we we searched and searched and we couldn't find anything at all. We, We figured it would be as simple as hopping on Amazon and ordering something. And there wasn't anything. So it's we necessity started... is the mother of invention, isn't it? Exactly. It really, it so really is. Are you saying everybody yeah. should try and cut off their leg and then no. see what ideas come? Well, for yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. I am saying that. You, <laughs> you should do Although that. they don't have to anymore because we did it for Oh, them. yeah, absolutely. It is interesting <laughs> that there is, God, for a uh, hundred years we've had trucks. Tailgates yep. drop down. Guys are doing work in there, and there's never been a way to clamp a freaking two-by-four down so it doesn't move as you run your circular saw through it. Well, yeah, you can use just a regular old C-clamp and scratch the crap out of your paint, and you got to get a big one, and then it falls off to the side as your log spits out the other side. And I'm telling you, disaster. Yeah. how is no one? You're, it's only a matter of time until some, one of the OEs licenses this. And then God, embeds, they hope so. And then Heck embeds yeah. it down. Because yours right now, yours it looks like it's about, well, I don't know what, three and a half, four inches thick, right? And it looks like, I can't tell if it's steel or if it's aluminum, which I'm... It's actually, yep, it's it's two layers of aluminum, of reinforced aluminum. Okay, and um, it and it sits yep. up, right, so off, off yeah, so, the tailgate. So just so you think, it's a, it's a two-piece system where there's a frame that bolts to your tailgate, and then the actual work surface bolts to that. And so basically it, it nests in there and... And that's how it all locks together. Yep, exactly, exactly. 
Um, yeah, and we're continuing to kind of iterate on it. So we're getting the weight down even more. I, right now, the full size is about 38 pounds with everything, installed hardware. So it's not too much. It's it's super, super durable. So even if you're like driving a quad up into your pickup, you can drive right over it. It's not going to damage it. So it's it's designed to be as rugged as the people that need to use it, really. And, and you guys are sourcing the materials and you're building them here in the USA as well. We are. We have an amazing manufacturing partner, Shooty Metals in Wausau, Wisconsin. So we're, we're keeping everything in U.S. Lighting, have you ever been to Wisconsin? Yes, I have. I love cheese curds. I know we've oh. had this discussion before. Uh, Wisconsin's and gift I, and, to the world, and I had cheese curds when I was there. Do you remember? And I and I, I and I took a photo and I sent them to you. Oh yeah, I do remember that now. <laughs> See, yeah, yes, I, I was awesome. there at uh, Amsoil. Uh, bratwurst too, solid. I don't know yes. if I had bratwurst while I was there. And no. beer. Yes, I had a lot of beer. Beer, beer, cheese curds, and bratwurst. That's mm-hmm. a that's a Wisconsin meal right there. What is? Yeah, it, you're talking talking our language, <laughs> Susie. What does it do for the weight of the? Because today a, a lot of our modern tailgates are aluminum, right? Um, right. And so they're they're really lightweight. What does it do to? Obviously, it adds thirty eight. Well, pounds, they also but, usually have an assist spring now well, that's what I'm for, for damp closing. Is that something that you'll be offering, or do you just suggest I go to the OE to get a, a, a some type of I don't know to make it lighter? Oh well, yeah. to make it assist, or or does the assist? Is it, how does it affect the assist? Is it yeah. overpower the spring at all? It it hasn't so far. So it's interesting when we actually removed um, on ours that plastic cover that you were describing. Yeah. that kind of comes on most of them. When we took that off, it was amazing how much weight it removed, and it actually was basically just replaced by the tail hand. So it it feels slightly heavier closing it, but it doesn't feel like it's like like banging open when you open it. But it is something we've talked about. We've we've talked with a couple of potential partners that have some kind of assist that, that, that would be really helpful in that it would also eliminate the wire, basically, that kind of crosses over and connects the tailgate to the truck gotcha. so that yeah. it could be like a 90-degree angle so yeah. that it wouldn't interfere with the materials that you might have. So, so more to come. So you guys are right now in the pre-order stage and basically you go to tailhand.com. And what? You've got a number. Of- I can't get one now? No, you, I, have, you have to wait. I know. You can be special and pre-order it. We are <laughs> we are aiming for May for full production. So Perfect. if you want to get like a, a super discount right now and do pre-order, you can do it now. Otherwise, it's going to be full production, regular ordering online, probably in May. So three packages on the website at this point is the basic, the standard, the pro. They retail for $699.99, $799.99, and $999.99. Pre-sale prices are... Four eighty nine ninety nine, five fifty nine ninety nine, and six ninety nine ninety nine, and each one of those comes with a different level of accessories. And I guess however you're going to use your truck, right? You're going to need a, a different mixture, or, yeah, or from a woodworker, or, metal worker, sure. yeah, et cetera, or or just somebody who's going to Home Depot on the weekend. You may not need the pro package. Exactly, exactly. And I think the great thing is that as soon as we kind of roll out full production. You can add on to that, and you can purchase accessories by themselves, and and kind of continue adding to the collection that you have. So you're not locked in by, by by purchasing a package now. You're not missing out on anything. Can I ask an entrepreneurial question, Susie? Absolutely. You, you, you use the term like manufacturing; it just rolls right off your tongue. That is a scary word for someone who is, you know, just making their first product. I mean, there are a lot of pieces in this. I'm looking. I'm on your website. You've got multiple bends in this aluminum. You've got the bracket that it fastens to the tailgate with. You've got the ends. You've got laser cut pieces. You have 
there's there's all sorts of shapes and you there's a you've got to hire a CAD guy to design it. There's a lot that's gone into this. This is not yes. something you guys just baked overnight over a beer at the bar. Like this is there's a <laughs> how lot. dare you, Lightning? Maybe she did. You might not have been able to do that, but I feel like Susie totally could have done that. Oh, you think so? She's yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Well, she know you understand my point. It's like. There's a lot that's going into this. Tell me about that story. Well, and you guys are using extruded yeah. aluminum, which is super strong, and that's a completely that's different process. Yeah. So I, it was one of the things, like, right off the bat when we decided to just, like, go all in on this was we knew that there were pieces of this process that we just had no expertise in, and manufacturing is a perfect example. Michael and I both come from a healthcare background. So we we don't know the first thing about manufacturing. <laughs> wow, healthcare let's go, from let's go build stuff. I, extruded <laughs> aluminum from healthcare. Yes. Well, clearly he didn't uh, come yeah. from being a lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Make that connection. Um, so we we decided like one of the things that we had to do was find partners who would fill in those gaps and expertise. So we've really for the last twenty two months built a team of nine of us right now of experts. So we do have a product engineer and an industrial designer and, you know, a CFO and social media experts and all like this entire team of people who completely believe in it and are working around the clock on it with us. You know what I feel like? I feel like you just go sell Tailhand and take that entire executive team and go find something else and you guys can just be the plug and play. <laughs> That's literally like the dream team of jobs that any entrepreneur would be like, how do I get all that uh, that support? Because that's it pretty is, amazing. Yeah, it was. It's an awesome group. They are incredible, and How I fun. think better than anything, they believe in it. Like they see it and they get it, and they can't wait to start using it themselves. I, I think so. that's part of the thing about you know when you see a small company taking those those steps. When you have a team that launches together, where everybody is super passionate about it. It's you know, and here's the fun thing, right? Like you know, and when the iPhone came out, for example, Apple had no idea what we would be using them for today. Twenty years later, I'm sure there's things that you haven't even dreamt about yet that customers are going to be using a tail hand for that you just can't even wait to see what ideas they have and how oh. you guys can you know um, iterate into being able to support those those you know work functions. I like I cannot even describe for you how excited we are to start hearing from people and how they're using it. And, you know, it's so fun when we were at SEMA and we would be talking with people, they would come up to the booth and they'd say, okay, so what am I looking at? And all we'd say is it transforms your tailgate and you can see their eyes just light up and they start talking about all the things that they would use it. And you can just see the wheels turning. So we are so anxious to start getting some of that those great ideas from everybody because they're going to have them like it, truck owners are ingenious about how they use their trucks. So I'm, I'm just so excited to hear from them. I, I remember I was in a meeting once and uh, the person in the meeting was trying to understand truck owners and they, oh, those are the worst. They came from the car side and they said, oh, you know, a, a car, this car is really good at handling and this car is really good at zero to 60 and this car is really good at fuel economy. Right. That's the mindset. And they came in this meeting and they said, we've got this great idea for a truck, but we need to figure out how to explain it. Can you give me the one thing a truck really does well? All. And I just looked at them and I go, you already failed. You already <laughs> failed because a truck does everything. Well, it's the Swiss Army knife. And, and exactly. if you don't recognize all the different use cases and how people use it, not only in their lives for transportation, but as a daily tool, 
And that's what you've done here. You've, you've recognized that you can further facilitate that, that vehicle being a tool. No. You know what yeah. she did, though? She took a Swiss Army knife, Holman, and she bolted a little tiny Swiss Army knife inside the Swiss Army knife. Is that what happens? So, so when, when you, you open it yes. up, another one comes out? Yeah, it's like a Pandora's yeah, that's box. Exactly it's, like, it. it's like one of those rushing, <laughs> Russian nesting dolls. Pandora's <laughs> knife? Yeah. Just keeps giving. And you know what the really exciting thing, too, is? At like Just like you said, it's truck owners don't just use their truck for work too, but they also use it for play. So we also are developing a whole lot of accessories that help people tailgate and hunt and camp and use their truck for all their play too. So there's so much more coming and it's, it's just going to let people do so much more. I can see this being like a fishing, a fish gutting station well, or, yeah. a, or whatever. Or you, you can attach a, a cutting board to it or maybe attach a molly panel to it for, you know, the overlanding crew, or maybe there's totally. some tie downs for, you know, maybe you can attach your propane tank to it and tie it down so it's easily accessed at the back. Or, I mean, there's, there's got to be a gazillion ways. And the way you guys have the, you know, the, the, the holes set up and, and making them lockable with a the key, there's so many accessories. I, again, you probably haven't even scratched the surface yet. Yeah, it's exciting. We, we have to kind of like actively keep ourselves from going too far down the line and just like make sure that this first stuff yeah, is just get it out the door. People. Yeah, make well, you got to You also have to see how it's being used because this exactly. is something I know firsthand. Holman does too. You think you've totally you, like you've, you've nailed it. something, you nailed it, you know exactly how they're going to 400 use it. accessories, and you find out two of them make up 80% of your sales or well, something well, like that, right? Exactly. That, that too. But what I was going to say is you did, you never could have foreseen how Joe used that screwdriver. Right. Like he just he used it as a picking a lock one day and then he uses it to uh, to stab a bird and then he uses it. To, I don't think he <laughs> used it to stab a bird. But I'm saying is all these ways of using a screwdriver. And you're like, oh, my God, I didn't anticipate all these uses. Those of are the ways oh, you've used a screwdriver. It's true. I have. Yes. And so that is one thing that you can't foresee how they're going to use the tail hand. It, it's going to be used. Right. It's going to be a social media machine. I can guarantee you that. Well, and they're already on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. So you guys are yeah. all in all, all yeah. the places you need to be. And yep. also YouTube. And you've got a, a number of videos, um, by the way, at tail hand USA on, uh, on Instagram at tail hand USA on Facebook uh, at tail hand on Twitter. And then also uh, on LinkedIn again, tail hand. So, You've got these great videos on the website, and some of the things you can see on there are tailgate down. I've got a long, you know, load of of logs or wood. You can put eye bolts into the tail hand and then strap the load at the back. Which, if you normally have your tailgate down, there's no tie downs on the tailgate, so you have to. The last opportunity to strap it down is usually in the back corner of the box. You guys are extending that so those longer loads can be secured further back, which is pretty cool. Also, same thing is we wanted to make sure that it was usable in the upright position too. So same thing if you've got, you know, compressed gas tanks or propane tanks that you've got in the back of the truck or kegs, you can actually strap them in to the tailgate with it in the upright position so they're not going to move around while you're driving. How many so, cheese curds can you uh, hold with it? Way too many. many. <laughs> cheese curds. A disgusting amount. <laughs> <laughs> Buckets. You know, it's Buckets. Funny. Yeah. We, we have a we have an inside joke in our team that we need to start hauling cheese. So 
We'll we'll save that for next time we talk. All right, lo- love that. I, uh, as you know, uh, or can tell, I, I'm a fan of the uh, cheese curds. Yeah, we we figured that out at the beginning. Yes. Did you know I like cheese curds? <laughs> I I, love I, cheese I curds. heard that somewhere. Oh, so Susie, um, how if I need the surface of my bed to be flat for some reason, right? I can't have the the four inch rise. It's two inch. Oh, is it only two inch? Yep. Okay. Yep. How, it's about two and a half inches. How long does it take me to remove? Or if I sell the truck and I want to put it in my other truck. That's a great question. So that's the beauty of it, too, is that it's super easy to install, but you can uninstall it just as easily. So if you're selling your truck and you want to take it with you, you can take it off and install it on your new truck. So we are, though, looking at options that we could do a quick release. So for people that might need to routinely remove it and put it back on because they're loading something that they they believe would damage it. Um, we are looking into that. So it's it's definitely something you can remove and take with you, which is great because we always joke that, you know, unlike if Ford has their new workstation, you don't have to spend $60,000 to get a tail hand. So anybody with a truck of any year, make and model can use it. I love that. Now, here's one problem I foresee is that Holman and I have been telling people for years that the tailgate down does not help aerodynamics. If anything, it ruins aerodynamics. True. But then here comes tail hand, and all the people who get the tail hand are going to want to drive around with it, their tailgate down <laughs> to show it off. <laughs> so now we're not going to know. We're like, wait, is he doing for aerodynamics, which doesn't and work? gas is, is already is expensive. They're going to use more gas. <laughs> exactly. Oh. I mean, it is pretty amazing looking, so I wouldn't blame people for having it down, but... <laughs> <laughs> we know. We know what I'm excited for is strapping a person down to it. Nope, that's no? oh. not what I'm excited for. Oh, okay, uh, looking at the new crop of electric trucks, whether it's the new Ford F-150 Lightning or the Power Boost uh, F-150 or the new Silverado EV, the Hummer, the fact that you have a massive amount of exportable power at the back of each of those beds means you can plug in a circular saw or any power tools and be able to use the tail hand on this new crop of trucks that are coming out right now. Um, that's right. That's going to be really exciting for you guys, I think, because as as people realize that, you know, especially on a job site, having that much exportable power from a vehicle, now you have a work surface where you can actually do work. That's that's exciting. Yeah, we were thrilled when that started coming out and when Ford had their their power bank installed because they're starting that story and they're starting that conversation and they know that people are looking for this. So we were thrilled and hope that they keep on keep on doing that and people really love it and start using it. Now there are people from Ford listening to the show right now. If you guys want to show uh, your uh, your plug-in system on the new F-150 Lightning, then the tail hand might be a perfect product for you to integrate onto that. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Yep, it's a, Susie it's a Ruse can hook you up. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking about like a guy who lays tile because the guys who lays, lay tile – that you've got to have a, a pretty powerful chop saw, right? Those right. tile saws. And then normally you got a hundred foot extension cord going into the customer's house. That's all gone. You just plug it right into your truck. It bolted down to the tail hand. That's right. Exactly. Like now you don't have to wait for, you know, your buddy to have a couple minutes to run over and hold something for you. It just, it gives you the extra hand everybody needs. It's so, great for uh, socially awkward people like Lightning who don't have many friends to help them. I don't think that's true <laughs> at all. You know what is really good? It's good for guys who try to chop logs with chainsaws <laughs> and, yeah. and exactly. far off distant pieces of land. Oh, yeah. You know, you I, know what's funny though? We actually had three or four people at SEMA who said they did the exact same thing. So I'm just going to stand up for my husband. <laughs> It's not alone. A lot of people do that. I just think that that number is awfully high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't defend the indefensible, my friend. <laughs> I know. 
Well, All right. su- super exciting product for uh, for anybody out there who love trucks. Uh, tailhand.com. Again, you can pre-order it now. Sounds like you guys will be uh, ready to start shipping end of Q2, early Q3 of this year. Um, That's the plan. Make sure you guys check them out. Again, you go to social, uh, YouTube video. I-, I know we're in an audio podcast, and you might be thinking, I, I kind of get it. Go take a look and watch their videos, especially on YouTube. And see how people are attaching fences and how their their accessory arms are clamping down. It and takes securing ten loads. seconds to understand it. As soon as you yeah. see it, you go, "Oh, I get it." Yeah, like it's right away. Awesome. Well, you say, "I get it," and then you got to say, "I got it." I got to get it. I got to get it. Got to get. Oh, got to get it. Got to get it. That might be trademarked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll work on <laughs> that. Tailhand. Tailhand. dot com is where you guys are going to go and shop. All right. That's right. Susie, Check congratulations. Yeah. We're, thanks. Uh, we're, for... we're excited for you. Thanks for yeah, spending some thank time you with so us. Much, you guys. Yeah, it's been a blast. We really appreciate it. Hey, and as uh, as this thing progresses and you get more um, more use cases and and you get more accessories, accessories yeah. please call us back. Yeah, we we'd love Absolutely. love to have you back on and, and talk about it because there's a quite a number of Launchpad uh, people we've had over the years that we follow, and we'd love to keep in touch because you know we love entrepreneurs and the people who who took the leap, and it's fun to to see your successes as you uh, evolve the company. I mean, because we get them when they're young and they're starting, and then they become like millionaires. They don't want to. They're like they forget. <laughs> too good for us. They, they forget the little peons. That no, 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 no. Them in the what, what it is is it's we just don't have the acumen to do this ourselves. So we are in awe, and it makes us uh, still have wonder for the world. Holman might be no. accurate. Yes, <laughs> we will. We will absolutely keep you guys posted, and we'd love to come back on when we have some more stuff to share. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. That sounds great. Good night, guys. Tailhand.com. Hey, guys. Before we wrap up the show, I wanted to thank you from the bottom of my heart and Holman's heart. Hey, don't talk for me. Uh, Why not? I was going to thank them for listening. I'm not thankful. You're not. No, they make me come to this little tiny room and spend hours upon end with you you at the end of a long day. BS. Because of them, I have to be here with you. You do not. If it was me by myself, I would love every one of them. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) So if I leave, then your your love will grow, grow, blossom. Yes. Yes. Oh. (laughs) Do you want me to try? Do you want me to leave right now? Uh, Yeah, I can finish the show. You You, sure about that? You said you were tired. I, I, then I would feel guilty that I left. Well, you'd have to leave your laptop behind too, because that's where all the <laughs> drops are. They are. It's not the use. Let that me just let me job. just finish thanking them. Here's why I'm thanking him. There's a reason. Do you have music. You need a bed. I. You need some sort of like uh, okay. like music or, or like do you have a a, a harp? Okay, I don't hey, feel like that's everybody. Thank-, a thank you. No, all right, that is not thank you no, no. music. Thank you, everybody. Listening to the show, we want to thank you. My name is Holman. Please don't go. Please listen this week <laughs> that and next. That one's Leave so a lame. five star all with right. all the rest. How about this? We one? need a thousand. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Please, 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 please don't go. <laughs> no, I was. Oh, I had something <laughs> up. All right, listen. Give us a five star review. Get over to uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star review there, or. Spotify now has reviews, and a lot of you guys oh, are listening on you, Spotify. You, we haven't promoted. Do we have reviews there? I don't know, but we want you oh, to man. leave them there. Hold on. And I know that there's a lot of listeners because after you listen to Rogan, you're still on Spotify. So that's where you're listening to us. Leave us a five star review on Spotify. Also, don't cancel Rogan. No, they ain't going to cancel Rogan. No, I'm just saying those people should stop complaining about that. That's ridiculous. Whatever with Neil Young and those hippie singers. Oh, dude, we're 5.0 rated on Spotify. Right? 
What? So you guys leave us a funny freaking review. Good, complimentary, but funny. And we will read it, please. Um, I guess there's no words, but we have 25 star uh, There's no words? Reviews. There's then, no words. Then, well, give us a review, but then leave your words on Apple. That's confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We like reading them. It's half the fun. It's Listen, going through. and You guys doing that's like the Lord's work. Give us some freaking reviews on Spotify. That's what we need because it's tough. Like an Apple, we're crushing it. And Spotify, yeah, it's growing. But we need to be seen on Spotify because that's, that's the future. Why do I yo? feel like you're still on the verge of a rap? <laughs> I the music just stuck with me. Just do it. Come on. No, I'm done. Come on. You can do it. I'm just done. No, no, no. Again, leave us a review. We really, really appreciate it. Churchillpodcast at gmail.com is where you can write to us and we'll read it. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Oh, oh. And hey, we need to hear from you. We uh, The message machine isn't full this week, so 657-205-6105. That's 657-205-6105 for the five-star hotline. Tell us what's on your mind. Ask us a uh, question. Tell us how good we've been doing or where you left the review. And uh, if you want to follow us on social at LBC Lightning or at Sean P. Holman or together we are at Truck Show Podcast. We love you guys. Did you see the uh, the post that I put up? I haven't been putting all, uh, as many posts as I would like, but the last one that I that I put up. Did you say posts? I think I did. I'm <laughs> slurring now. I'm just freaking slurring. I can't keep, Why? My, you, you, I can't listen, keep together. We're at, the, we're at the outro. I can't do you, it. You could end it here, but you had to add something else. I'm out. I'm out. Just I just I got done. nothing left left in my mouth. I can't speak. All right. Hey, me, look at this photo. What is that? Yeah, I saw that. It's you saw that. Three one. car covers in your driveway. Three and California none, none, car none covers. of them in your garage because it won't fit. And I apologize for my small garage. And that's not a euphemism. Why are we still talking? You could be home already. <laughs> the people listening, they could be. There's that one guy who like went to like Wiener Schnitzel, and he got mini corn dogs, mm-hmm. and he's got three mini corn dogs left, and he's like. Listen, if I finish these three mini corn dogs in my driveway before these guys are done, I'm out. I'm not going to hear the last two minutes of the show. That just happened. His name is Bob, probably. There's <laughs> Bob? Or Dave. <laughs> Might be Dave. Dude, my brother has a- No, Wiener Dave's Sch- Wendy's. My brother has a freaking trucker- Chet. His name's Chet. Chet, I like Chet. My brother- Did you say he, you like I, Chet? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> my brother got a, uh, a foam trucker hat from Wiener Schnitzel. Uh-huh. It says, I love wieners on it. It's awesome. Damn, I need to find that for you. I know. I totally rocked that. Oh. This is I heart wieners. <laughs> wieners. <laughs> I would totally rock that. Yeah, of course uh, I would wear that. I, I felt like uh, I felt like we were going somewhere, and then we forgot to. Oh, I know what we were going to do. Yeah, we we're going to thank Nissan. Yes, we were. <laughs> How about I just handle that? Do you want me to do it? I, I mean, I should say that I love the Titan and the Frontier. Okay. All right, that's all I'm saying. All right, well then, uh, <laughs> Lightning loves the Frontier. Lightning yeah, loves I mean, the Titan. He I, loves I, the Titan. Lightning. I do. I do. Okay, stop, stop, because I'm going to help you here. I'm going to get you out. I'm going to get you home. You ready? NissanUSA.com. Head down to your local Nissan dealer. Go buy a Titan. Let us know. Go buy a Frontier. Let us know about that. Buy a Titan XD. Let us know about that. Listen, you buy the Titan's industry best warranty. You got that endurance V8. You're you just racing through it now. You got a, a best in class 310 horsepower, 3.8 liter V6. Mm-hmm. Both trucks backed by an excellent nine speed automatic transmission. What more could you want? That's right. Reliability. You get that from Nissan. Go to NissanUSA.com to build in price. And also, we have to thank Banks, because Banks is going to give you performance 
and cold air from their cold air intake. If you go to bankspower.com and you put in your year make model, you will find out what they offer, what kind of cold air intakes they have for your truck, the truck you're driving right now. And best of all, unlike other companies, cold air isn't in air quotes on the bank site because it is a fully sealed enclosed system pulling air from not your engine header. Banks from power. not your engine header. Bankspower.com. <laughs> See, look, I handled it. You did. You yeah, can that go was, home that was, now. That was smooth with a V. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm sorry I fell apart on this episode. I just couldn't hang. I just, it's one of those things. I had two Dr. Peppers and a bunch of chocolate, and it didn't help. Yeah, he's definitely stroking out just, over there. I'm, 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 having, I'm having serious issues. Like, I just can't, I can't keep it together. You know, I feel like this is just, this is me. <laughs> it's right there at the end of the show. No. No, that's not you. No? No. You uh, you were the wall. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. The car crashed into you. That's my engine right now. All right. Did you just nuke the show? Yes, I'm All done. right. For those of you who are outside the blast zone, uh, <laughs> we can still use uh, Know Your Notes. So uh, send them over, 657-205-6105. Oh, no! podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> dude, dude, we're not in Ukraine right now, okay? <laughs> are you ending the show just by pressing all the sound effects you have on your board? All right. Lightning's getting punchy. I'm out of here. Those are losers, baby. You don't want nothing to do with those. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. Hello, Colonel. You wanted to see us, sir? Not really, but it's the only way I can talk to you. What's this about, Colonel? Glad you asked. I'm a very busy man, so I'll make this short and sweet. Lieutenant Harris dropped by earlier, had a little surprise for me. A request for an immediate transfer. Oh, dear. Naturally, I assumed she wanted out because she couldn't take a bath, but that wasn't the reason. So I said, what is the reason? And she said, I made a damn fool of myself and the whole camp knows it. So I said, well, I don't know it. And she said, I'm surprised Pierce didn't tell you. What? So I said, why are you dropping this in my lap? You should be talking to your head nurse. And she said, the head nurse hates me. I do not hate her. So I said, back up a bit. What is it you did that's got everybody's tongue wagging except mine? She said, I had an unhappy love affair. So I said, was it one of my doctors? And she said, no, it was your priest. Colonel, you must understand, she's very upset. That's what she said.